Hello and welcome to the Game Corner, the official gaming podcast of VitaNews.com. I am your host, Robert Estrada, joining me this week, as he does every week for my other show, Coffee with Andrew and Rob, Andrew Ahmad, ladies and gentlemen. How's it going, Andrew? Hey, what's up? I hate you. You did not mess up. <laughs> also joining us is our other good friend and also another co-host is Michael Dager. How's it going, Michael? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Michael, 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 thank you for joining us today. Hey, no if you send us an email, you could do so by sending it to the show at vitanews.com. Today's podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com forward slash coffee. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player or Blackberry or Android or any MP3 solution you happen to have. So just go to audibletrial.com forward slash coffee to get a free audiobook today on us. Uh, all right. So with that, I guess introductions are in order. This is the Game Corner, and uh, every week we'll have an hour of roundtable discussion between us three good friends. Talking about the latest in video games, things we've played lately, things that have released as of late. And this week will, of course, be no different, and we have a ton of things to talk about. Uh, and I think that we should just go ahead and begin with, obviously, probably the biggest release of the week. Which, as you guys may or may not know, is of course L.A. Noir. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about that. Mike, I know you've kind of seen it, kind of sort of played it. What do you think about it? I mean, for what they hyped it to be, it, it felt short. I mean, you and I have seen plenty of reviews. People have said they like it, but it's not what they expected. Um, I know one of the people we see on podcast uh, very well, he released his review and he said it was not what he expected. He didn't like it too much. Well, who was that? Um, Mike B. from Game Breaker TV. Oh, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I mean, here's the thing about L.A. Noir, And if, if you guys have ever listened to Coffee with Andrew and Rob, um, you would know that I'm the kind of person that really, really likes compelling storylines in video games. Um, however, you know, L.A. Noir really seems like it's the kind of game that would fit perfectly in that. And it has a fantastic storyline, don't get me wrong. But the problem is that it, it basically the entire game amounts to being a $60 point and click. And honestly, if you're going to pay full price for something that an indie developer makes, that's kind of over the top. Not to mention that it's also kind of, uh, kind of dumb, honestly. It's not even a game for the most part. It's mostly just cutscenes like crazy. Man, it's like I said, it's like a movie instead of a yeah. video game. Yeah, no, you know what? I think that L.A. Noir would have been an, a fantastically good movie. It would have been such a good movie, and uh, instead it, it was a video game. It's just, it seems odd. I don't know, Andrew, what do you think of that? I think it's just stupid. <laughs> you think the game... <laughs> yeah, making a game like that, making a game that has, like, <laughs> it's just stupid, bro. Like, all that they actually do, come out with an L.A. Noir movie, and it's going to be, like, ten times worse than the actual game. How would that be possible? <laughs> I don't know. Possible, bro. No, you know what? I just I don't like it. I mean, it's it's so many cutscenes. I mean, seriously, it's like it's like Rockstar Games is set out to make more cutscenes than Final Fantasy. That's basically what I think is was the goal. I mean, sure the graphics are pretty, sure the new facial feature technology thing that they used, that's all well and dandy. But honestly, the gameplay, there's no gameplay. I mean, and and the funniest thing is that at some point you can actually drive to get to the next cutscene. But the funniest part is that you can actually have your partner drive for you. So what happens is it just teleports you there instantly, basically. It's just a loading screen. And so you don't even have to do that. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's but, just... 
but it's kind of a disappointment because you know like Rockstar Games can do better than because they obviously as you can see with Grand with the Grand Theft Auto series, right? Instead of taking like what they done with the Grand Theft Auto series and just implemented it with the with LA Noir. Yeah, you know, it, it definitely seems like it's the uh, the 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 engine that they used. It's very similar. I mean, it, it may not be. I may be wrong about that, but it looks very similar. Um, but the difference is that there's very uh, there's limits in gameplay, and I'm not saying that. You know, oh, I want a game where I can just shoot everybody and steal cars and stuff like that. Because I, I, I get the game. It's obviously supposed to be about cops and it's supposed to, you know, be you're supposed to be legit and it's all that good stuff. And I agree with that completely. That's fantastic. Problem is, I would like to see a little bit more interactivity when it comes to the actual game. And it has to be less than just selecting truth, lie, or doubt. I mean, because that's, partic- that's practically an interactive movie on a DVD. Like, I mean, that's 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 not enough. That's not enough to constitute sixty dollars or full gameplay. Um, what's this? Um, it's like um, they should have made it similar to the to to this old to this much older video game called True Crime. What well, what was that? I haven't heard of that game. True Crime is like um, it's basically like a, something like a cop game. Mm-hmm. It's like a cop game, but it's like but Grand Theft Auto style. Okay. Like it's fully interactive. You could explore the city and stuff like that. All right. And I don't know how was that game, Andrew. I want the I rented a game once a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good actually. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I, I don't really know much about that game, so yeah, maybe it might have uh, been a uh, helpful to uh. me. What I think personally would have been the greatest thing that they could have done for Le Noir is they should have made the game in first person. In my opinion. Because oh. honestly, in my opinion, when you're playing it in third person, it just feels like you're basically just puppeteering some character, and then you're basically just moving his hand around like a puppet. It just doesn't feel right. It it feels weird. A game like this, the whole appeal of the game is that you're supposed to want to feel like the detective. Like, oh, I'm figuring this case out. I'm so cool. Look at how smart I am. I figured everything out. And in this game, it just feels like it's not you. It's this other character that you're kind of just moving around like a puppet. I don't know. It just it feels weird. I think first person would have helped this game so much. And then you would have been able to like look in closer and things like that and do cool stuff with that. I think that would have helped it tremendously. Well, Rockstar's been known to make it their person video yeah, game. That's really yeah, that's what I was about to say. They, right, yeah. Entire I mean, Grand Theft, like, again, going back to the Grand Theft Auto series, your entire Grand Theft Auto series, with the exception of the very first ones that they made for the PlayStation 1, were in per- were are third person yeah no and of course and obviously red dead redemption was also in third person and i'm not saying i mean and you know i there's a lot of companies out there that obviously stick to their guns and they stick at what they're good at um you know like like valve for instance valve makes first person shooters and god damn it if they make a different game that's not a first person shooter it'll be the end of the world um <laughs> although they're coming out with dota too so you know what sometimes i think video game companies need to expand and think about what else they can do i mean because if you're going to make a game that's about detectives and it's about these kinds of things giving a player the experience i think is so much more important than you know than basically showing it's, it's not about showing it's about actually having the player do it and i feel like in la noir it's just there's too much showing and not enough doing no you know why i think i think rockstar rockstar games just be just got lazy with this game i, I don't think they, they got lazy with it i mean you know what the budget of I mean, the game no, was yeah but hold on no but what i mean by lazy i mean la- lazy um lazy in like game design like, you know like um interact and interactivity, you know? Right, like like they focused too much on trying to deliver the storyline and they forgot that they're they supposed tr- to be making a video game? Yeah, they tried... No, they tr- 
yeah, that and they probably focus too much on the graphics instead of actual, yeah. actual yeah, playability you know and I, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the game rides a lot on the fact that it has this new the new faces. And yeah, they're nice, but they're a novelty. I mean, at some point, you're just going to be like, okay, whatever. It's a, They're stupid faces. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, sure. I, I, they definitely put a lot. Of, I mean, the budget of this, of this game was $100 million. That's as much as a Hollywood blockbuster. I mean... That's a ridiculously high amount of money, and for a game that ultimately deliver that doesn't deliver the way it's the way that it should, it feels weird. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't like the game. I have a feeling that this game is going to be great. It's going to be great at first, but then it's going to quickly die out. Yeah, you know what? I think it's gonna be a for I think it's gonna be a forgettable game, Andrew. And maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I think that this game is gonna so is gonna go through the same thing that Red Dead Redemption did. I mean, Red Dead Redemption when it came out, everybody was going crazy with that game. That was like the game. I mean, it, that that was the game, true and true. Everyone was going crazy with that game, and now nobody really gives a damn anymore because at the end of the day, people figured out, well, it's just another Western shooter. I mean, what's, uh, and I, I think that at the same, this is exactly what's going to happen with La Noire. The game has no replayability at all. I mean, there's no reason whatsoever for you to get back into the game and play it some more after you finished it. And that's gonna harm it in, in, at some point. I mean, I, I, I don't, maybe not right now because obviously look, we know the game is enormous. The game came on three discs for the S, for the Xbox 360, and it came on one enormous Blu-ray for the, the PS3. Whoa, 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 whoa. three discs? What? Yeah, yeah, three discs for the Xbox 360. Three discs for the Xbox 360. So yeah. the game is huge. That's crazy, bro. There's a lot of data for this game. It's a, it's a very big game. It's gonna take a while to get through, but once you get through it, there's no other reason to go through it again. So I think it's gonna die out, like you said, Andrew. It's just it's a forgettable game. To be honest with you, I already pretty much forget it. Like I don't even care anymore about it. It's it's not, it's a game, like Mike B said. Mike, like you said, Mike B basically basically put it perfectly. Is it's a game that I might be playing like as much as I watch House once a week for an hour. Like <laughs> you know, that's exactly right. I mean, I, it's just it's not a game that I'm gonna want to revisit. Or it's not a game that I want to actually consistently play because I don't really care. It's like you know what the pro- the problem with Eleanor is that I just don't care. Like oh, so this guy got murdered and there's blood and there's evidence and yeah, it's like dude, I just don't care. Make me care seriously. Make it more interesting. Uh, I I don't know. Like somebody jumped off a cliff. <laughs> like oh, that's more interesting. That's kind of weird or. You know, it's it's the the problem is that the way that they describe the way that this the the crime scenes are described to you is like the most boring generic thing in the world. Like, it's it's hilarious. They don't describe anything to you. They don't basically give you any reason to give a damn. And the problem is that this might be a little bit more realistic to what a real cop case would be like. Maybe you know they don't put it over the top because they've seen a murder case thirty million times. But you're not making like a you're not making a cop. Uh, a cop simulator. You're making a game that's supposed to be for entertainment. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, but you know what I think? I why read why read think about what, what happened with Rockstar? If I think that Rockstar like venture off into a genre that they're not used to, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, maybe I I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, usually Rockstar makes games that are about you breaking the law. 
Uh, and this time you're playing a game where you're about the law. But then again, like, how many games... Uh, this is a game that's difficult, I think, to approach for any developer. Because honestly, how many games are there that you actually play for the law? And not only that, but you actually, you know, try to exercise caution and you have to, you know, go by laws and work by the rules. There's not a lot of games out there that are like that. I mean, even the games where you play as like a Marine or something, it's perfectly fine to just shoot down everybody. Who gives a damn? I mean, you can be playing for an army, but you're not playing as a cop. I don't. There's not many games out there, many developers that can handle that as an easy task. And honestly, there's a few things to me that would really have helped it. And first, I stick by my opinion, a first person would have helped it so much. You would have felt so much more interactivity. It would have felt so much more real. And you would actually maybe even care a little more because you would be like, because you would have the mentality of thinking, I'm the one solving this. I'm the one that's solving the case. And I am awesome. Not, I don't know, what the hell is the dude's name? Uh, something, what is it, Carson? I, I don't know, but whatever. It's not uh, this guy here solving the case. And I'm just kind of making him do what he needs to do. Like that's I don't that doesn't feel as that's not as satisfying in my opinion. And also the other thing that would have helped the game is just oh less being less repetitive. It feels like the missions are the same every time. It there it's like it's there's always the same thing. You got to go to a crime scene. You get the evidence. You look at the you examine the evidence. You look for a witness. You ask the witness questions. You determine if they're lying. Then you go to some place, then in which allows you to find the suspect. You find the suspect. The suspect runs away from you. You have to catch up to the suspect, and then once you catch the subject, the suspect, you arrest him. That's the same thing every single time, and they Boy. always run. And the funniest thing is, like a dude, like this. There's a dude that's like 300 pounds, and that guy runs faster than, a, than an ex-marine because your character's an ex-marine, and he runs faster than you. How the hell is that possible? I don't know. It's just stupid. I don't know. I just, I, I can't. That game fell short so bad. It had so much potential, honestly. It had so much potential, and it fell short. They no hyped it up so much compared to what it is now. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what? Since now you mentioned that it's more like a cop simulator game. I think maybe they should refocus their their audience instead of on the general public to law enforcement as a law enforcement training aid. Hmm. I don't know if Rockstar would be into the into simulators. I don't know. They're not. They don't seem like the com- kind of. They hey. seem like the kind of company that would want to make mainstream hits, not a uh, not simulators. Hey, but you know what? Like a sect. Hey, but you know what? If they want to make more money out of that game, they're going to have to do something like that. I mean, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem. It's not a game that's compelling. That's the problem with it. It's not compelling. You just don't want to play it. It's it's like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, the graphics are pretty. Yeah, the faces are cool. And yeah, I kind of like solving puzzles. And, I mean, solving mysteries. And yeah, it has a good storyline. But at the end of the day, do I really give a damn who the hell got killed? And more to the point, do I really want to chase some dude for the 30th freaking time? I mean, like, seriously, I mean, it, it just, it, I don't know, I just, I can't find the game compelling, and, I mean, like, I, I think that they just, they focus too much on the story, they focus too much on delivering it, and they forgot that they have to make a game, like, that, that's, that's what I think, and then, like, it, it seems to me like the driving parts, and all the parts where you have to basically chase some guy down or something, and then, like, the occasional gunfight here and there, 
those just seemed to be like thrown in because they were like, oh man, we actually need to make a game. Hold on a second. Let's just throw in like little parts here and there where you actually have to do stuff. You know, and that that doesn't feel good. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of shelling out for a full $60 title to do that. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it, no. I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't and you know what the funny thing is? They're actually work. Uh, well, words going around, they're actually working on a part two. Well, I mean, they can work on a part two. There's nothing wrong with that. They just need to fix issues with the gameplay. And you know what? I I may be referencing Assassin's Creed a lot during the show, by the way. It's going to be something that happens often. Here we I go. I love Assassin's Creed. Uh, but... I mean, Assassin's Creed 1 was criticized for the exact same things that I'm criticizing L.A. Noir right now. Yeah, it's a cool concept. Yeah, it's a good idea. Ultimately, it falls short. Why? It's repetitive. All the missions are exactly the same. Why? There's really no reason for me to give a damn. Why? Oh, you know, it's not really all that compelling. And it's the same things that happened with Assassin's Creed 1. Assassin's Creed 2 fixed all those problems. Granted, I had a, little, I had a few problems with it. Like, the non-regenerating health, which to me made absolutely no sense in the context of the storyline. But, you get my idea. The missions were made more varied. It was made a lot more fun. The storyline got compelling, even though the ending was total garbage. But, everything else was pretty good. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them making an L.A. Noir 2. I just think that if they make an L.A. Noir 2, and they make the gameplay more compelling, and they make the missions less repetitive... They've got a solid title there. That's that's a solid franchise, I think, because you can, you can follow that for as long as you want, really. They actually want to do it. They want to make it a powerful franchise. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I mean you can make it another CSI. Why the hell not? Uh, a, a video game CSI. Go for it. Um, as long as they don't make it as as, as long as they don't put in uh, what was this guy named David Car Car Carsoso, the guy from CSI Miami, and they don't make some kind of bad pun at the start of the game where he has to put on his glasses. As long as they don't do that, I'm perfectly fine with it being a nice, good old series. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Just as long as they could improve on on the mistakes that were made on this game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so with that, we're going to go ahead. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the another big release that happened this week, which is The Witcher 2. And Mike, you know that I love The Witcher 2. I've been playing it nonstop for a while now. Um, before I give my thoughts about it, have you guys heard of this game, The Witcher 2? No. Uh, no, Andrew. No. How? <laughs> nah. I only know of it because of you, honestly. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Witcher, the Witcher Two is a uh, is a fantastic video game series developed by CD Projekt, which is a Polish video game developer. Um, it's it's part of the of the Witcher series, which is based on a '90s novel written by a Polish author that is basically like a big series on its own. Um, and it's a fantastic game. If you have a chance to check out The Witcher Two. Definitely check it out. It's a first-person action RPG, and it's phenomenal. I love it to pieces, um, and I think that it's 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 a contender for Game of the Year. It's a contender, in my opinion. It's gonna take a while to shell to beat Portal 2, but uh, it's gonna take something special to beat Portal 2. But it's it's got it's got it's got its good parts. Um, so what I specifically love about it. Storyline in The Witcher 2 is fantastic. I mean, it's really compelling. It's really well executed. Um, it has what L.A. Noir doesn't, which is that I really care about what's going on here. Because, you know, you start you start off basically um, 
by the way, the sub the subtitle, or uh, yeah, the for this game is Assassins of Kings. So basically, with that in mind, I'm sure I'm sure you already can imagine that you're going up against Assassins of Kings. Um, <laughs> and basically, your your character is what is referred to as a Witcher. You play the character of of Geralt of Rivia, and he's what's called a Witcher. Basically, Witchers are like this, um, like a like a human that have been genetically enhanced at birth um, to be monster slayers, to be like monster hunters. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have like various magical abilities and things like that. They're pretty cool guys um, in my opinion. And uh, don't, don't, don't think that genetically enhanced will mean that this is like a modern age game. It's a medieval type game. Um, Your typical, your typical RPG kind of thing. You know, there's dragons, there's wizards, there's magic, there's all sorts of cool stuff. There's uh, inns and brothels and all that kind of good stuff. So um, it's your typical medieval type game, but it's just very well executed, and I absolutely love it to pieces. It's the the combat. The combat feels very fluid. It feels very um very satisfactory. You know, it's it's definitely very a satisfying combat. You're you're hacking and slang you're hacking and slashing at people. You know, you're the only gripe I have with it is that uh, your attacks are with mouse button one and mouse button two. So your mouse button one basically does a uh, a medium attack like a regular attack. Mm-hmm. Your mouse button two does a strong attack. Um, it's kind of like an uh, it's kind of like a uh, if you guys have heard of this free MMO MMO it's called uh, Vindictus. It's kind of similar to that, except that there's no combos, which I found to be a little weird. Because if you're gonna execute a combat system like that, I would have thought maybe doing like two left clicks and a right click would do like a big combo or something like that. It doesn't really do that, which is weird. But there is a combo in a sense of the way you're basic. You have a bunch of like magical abilities. They range from being able to like do a force push to being able to like mind control your opponents. Um, if you use your magical abilities alongside your attacks, you can sometimes execute combos, um, and it's pretty great. Um, the only other grievance I have with it is that they've set out to basically make like the hotkeys the complete opposite of what you're used to. <laughs> Usually you would right click to block. Now it's E to block. Usually you would use E to activate objects. Now it's left click. Usually you would run with shift. Now it's walk. And it's like they—they they, it's like they set out to do the exact opposite of the hotkeys that every other game does. I'm surprised that it actually uses WASD. I would have thought it would use the arrow keys. That's like oh. the universal. Um movement keys for like all these games well yeah but i'm, I'm basically saying mike that they they basically tried to set out to make all the default keys the opposite you know usually things that do one thing in a regular game do the complete opposite in the witcher 2 which is i find weird but it's you can adjust to it it's not it's definitely not something that um is is uh it, it takes away from the game by any means and i i, I like i said i love the storyline it's definitely very compelling it's exciting I really want to know what happens. It's fun. Um, I don't know. Overall, fantastic title. The only, <laughs> the funniest thing about it, though, I think, is the, uh, the, the, the maturity of the game. Kids, not this game's not for you. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of nudity. There's a lot of sex scenes, um, and these are graphic sex scenes, by the way. I can see this on the, these previews here. Yeah, these, oh. these these are these are not your typical everyday sex scenes. These are these are um, 
borderline pornography sex scenes. There's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty serious. Sounds like my type of game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, seriously. Like within the first few minutes of the game, you already start seeing uh, a woman naked, which is the which is the character Triss Marigold, uh, which is the former advisor of the king. You already see her naked within the first few minutes of the game. Oh, that's it's, nice. It's like it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, so wait, yeah. Wait, what's the rating on this game again? It's, I, I don't know, Andrew. What do you think? Adults only. <laughs> No, it's no, it's M. It's M. Robert described it. I, I'm surprised it's not adults only. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's rated M, and uh, it's it, there's a lot of cursing in this game. Also, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Like the NPCs will curse every other sentence. They have some serious sailor mouths in this game. It's pretty funny for and for Polish people. I I, I don't know. Maybe they th- maybe like the Polish they think that that's like the way we talk normally, or something like that. Like we just say the f word every other sentence. But uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> well, some of us kind of do. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the the scene that made me just laugh my head off. There's because the character dialogue is usually pretty funny. The NPCs talk. They usually talk like in jokes. But your character is really, really serious. Like, he, he's up for no BS. Your character does not mess around. He just wants to get stuff done. And, uh, and like, well, an, an NPC will make a joke, and your character just be like, yeah, uh-huh, whatever, dude, you're so funny. Whatever. And <laughs> it's it's pretty great. Um, I, and, but the, the, the phrase that just made me laugh to no end is, Mike, you'll remember a while ago we were talking about, not on this podcast, of course, but we were talking about... Um, uh, how in um in Spartacus Blood and Sand, mm-hmm. I think it was the third episode where the guys are carrying the logs because they're the slaves, and the blonde guy drops his log and he yells an explicative that has something to do with uh with the genitalia of a certain Roman god. All right, you you'll remember that, right? Uh, I, rec- I can recall it. Yeah. Uh, right. Basically, that was that so what made me laugh was something very similar to that in that you there's this mini game that you have like a like a fist fighting kind of tournament thing going on mm-hmm. and when the guy is describing to you your opponent he basically says this guy is so tough that he can hang a water bucket from his you know what that's nice <laughs> <laughs> But the way he says it, I was laughing so hard at that. Like I just you wouldn't I, expect that though. I, I I didn't expect it at all. Like I was just like, what? <laughs> I I couldn't stop laughing for like five minutes. It was hilarious. I just I couldn't believe that he just said that. I was just like, wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I guess. Well, he's pretty tough. I gotta say, that's impressive. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. I have to say, but uh, but yeah, no, uh, I still beat him though, so he's not that tough after all. Uh, uh. <laughs> but no, it's it's a fantastic title. Definitely, if you can pick it up, combat is extremely satisfying. Game is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, this is a PC only exclusive, by the way. Um, so if you don't have a souped up gaming rig. You're out of luck. But uh, what I have heard is that the ESRB, I think, has already rated the Xbox 360 version. So yeah, I, that's what I'm looking at here. Yeah, it might be coming out for Xbox 360 pretty soon, and also for PS3, not in the not too distant future as well, because I heard some rumors about that as well. 
So you might be getting it to your favorite console soon enough. But so far, a CD Projekt is the is a developer that basically only develops for PC. The Witcher One was also a PC only exclusive. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, right. And how much is that game on Steam? It's fifty dollars. It's fifty dollars on Steam. You can also buy it from uh, GOG.com, which is the developer's website. You can buy it from them as well. It's fifty dollars. Um, the the lowest price I found for it is Amazon. Which will sell it to you for forty if you do the digital download. So, mm, um, I'll be most definitely be checking into that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have to warn you, Andrew. I have to warn you. It's it's a very graphically intensive game. If you don't have a computer to match up to it, you're gonna be SOL. I mean, even my computer, which is, I'd say, pretty good, um, lags with that game, and I have to, I've had to turn the settings down as pretty much as far as I could because. The game is really demanding, and as a, as a matter of fact, just today they released a patch that improves game performance by up to 30%, but even then, it's still pretty drastic how much lag there is in the game. It's it, You need a pretty, pretty good machine for it. It's definitely not the kind of game that you will get for your laptop, that's for sure. Well, my, my laptop can handle, can handle graphic-intense games pretty decently. Hmm. I, I, I guarantee you, your laptop will burn with this game. <laughs> well, if my laptop will burn, can you imagine my e-machines? Oh, man. You're, oh, man. You're cool e-machines, man. You're that thing. <laughs> my e-machine my will be like a, a, a nuclear bomb. It will just, like, blow up. <laughs> and it causes, like, a 15-mile radius of damage. Warning. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, the, the only problem I heard with this game was... Um, from multiple reports was with optimization issues and that there were serious problems with frame rates and uh, this patch seems to sort of solve that. Also, you have to check your latest drivers um, from NVIDIA and from ATI and uh, see, you know, if there's a, a, a beta version for your drivers, which I'm pretty sure there is. I think both of the major graphics card manufacturers, they released a beta version just for The Witcher 2 because of these problems. So, definitely check it out for that. And, um, it's a phenomenal game. Give it a try. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't. De- I definitely don't want to, um, you know, say what happens or give you an idea of what's going on. Uh, I'm just gonna say that the game is amazing and to definitely pick it up. It's just phenomenal. All right, and with that, I think we're gonna go ahead and go on break. Stay tuned for more the game corner coming up right after. You this. almost messed up. Nah. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com, an Amazon company. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Personally, I recommend The Lost Symbol by Dan Brown, and you can get this book or any of their 85,000 titles free today. Not everyone has the time to read an entire book, and that's why this is the best way for you to read these bestsellers that everybody's talking about. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash coffee to get your free audiobook today. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash coffee. Alright, and welcome back. We've got another fantastic half hour of, well, fantastic discussion about all things game-related, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, starting right now, I think we're going to go ahead and move into the Blizzard side of things, because as pretty much as all of us being big Blizzard fans, um, it only makes sense to at least dedicate a good amount of time to Blizzard. And you know what? I'm thinking for every single show, we're just going to devote a big amount of time to Blizzard. There's always so much to say about their games. Sounds like um, a plan. Definitely, definitely. 
And uh, nothing StarCraft 2 this week, nothing particularly important in the StarCraft 2 community this time around, besides maybe Day9 finishing his master's degree so that he'll be doing StarCraft 2 full-time, which is fantastic, <laughs> which is fantastic, but um, not exactly groundbreaking news. Um, so instead, we're just going to go ahead and move on to the WoW side of things. Before we do that, let's talk a little bit about BlizzCon. So BlizzCon tickets sold out completely. If you didn't get one, you're screwed. Too freaking bad. Should have been refreshing harder. Um, <laughs> but it was like 10, 15 minutes to sold out. Uh, the 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 first round of tickets sold out in 25 minutes. But that I mean that wasn't really 25. They sold out like in maybe 15 seconds. Let's be honest here. Like, <laughs> it wasn't 25. 25 minutes, like what Lore said. Uh, 25 minutes, like what that, that's how long it took for people to put in their credit card information. And, you know, get all that jazz done, print out their emails. You know, that's how long all that took. It definitely in, in took reality, lower 20 minutes to put reality, his credit card. It, it, took like, it took like 30 seconds to sell out all the tickets because, you know, people are refreshing. That's that's how long it takes for the queue fill up, to fill up. And once the queue's filled up, there's no chance you're getting your ticket after that. Just <laughs> This is not going to happen. Nope. So, BlizzCon tickets sold out again yesterday on wednesday um i don't know uh i don't know how long it took for that one but they sold out and uh, if you don't have one now you're done but is, is it is it possible to to um uh, to like um pre-order them ahead of time no nope. nope nope you have to be at the queue you have to be on the website at the exact time where they go on sale and you better pray to whatever god you pray to that you get in that queue like At the end of the day, your F5 button will be broken, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's it's 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 literally the will of the gods that you go to BlizzCon. <laughs> it's like if you go, if you got a BlizzCon ticket, it was meant to be. You were meant to be there. Some some deity wanted you to be there, and uh, yeah. So so there you go. I wonder um, how much people will make back if they like resell it themselves. Yeah, yeah. The tickets were one hundred and seventy-five dollars. This time around, which is higher than last year, I believe last year was one hundred and fifty dollars, which yeah, was higher than the year before, Which mm-hmm. was higher than the year before, which I believe was one hundred twenty-five dollars. I'm seeing a theme here: the twenty-five dollar <laughs> increase. Uh, it really sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, ne- next year is probably going to be two hundred dollars. <laughs> that's all we need now for a BlizzCon ticket. That's uh, by the time we go, it's going to probably be like three hundred. Yeah, no, I, I I didn't get BlizzCon <laughs> tickets, of course. You didn't get BlizzCon tickets either, Mike. I know. Uh, no, Andrew, you didn't even know there was a BlizzCon. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I know. I... You knew about BlizzCon. Well, I knew. I I didn't know when BlizzCon was going to happen. But all right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Where's but where is it going to be? Where is there? Where is it? They're holding it. Or BlizzCon is always every year at the Anaheim Convention Center, um, which is pretty close to uh to Disney, Disney. You know what that means? Road trip. Yeah, no, for sure. That means me going back to my hometown. That's Woo! Bad, which is not Anaheim, but it's pretty damn close. Can um, you show us a, around the place? I don't remember anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where anything is. Just <laughs> <laughs> but but uh but yeah no. Uh, one day, Mike. One day we will go to BlizzCon. We got this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I would like to go to BlizzCon simply because, I mean, I'm not, I, I wouldn't go to any other convention. Just because there would, in my opinion, I think there will be too many nerds at all the other conventions. But BlizzCon, like, whenever you watch BlizzCon or, like, see the highlights from it, everybody looks pretty damn normal. Like, nobody looks weird. 
Nobody looks like they're like. I would like to go just to see the the contest, the yeah. the costume. Oh yeah, contest. no, that the, looks, the costume looks... contest is cool too. Yeah, and the sound alike contest, the the dance oh, contest. Man. I love all the dance. dance the best one. I love the dance contest. That's the best part. But um, but yeah, like everybody at BlizzCon, they look pretty normal. Like they look like normal people. Nobody looks like super nerdy or weird. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of attractive women that go to BlizzCon, which is odd. They usually dress as blood elves, which is. Not, which is not the worst thing uh, in the world. Does that surprise you? <laughs> which is not the worst thing in the world, to be honest with you. But uh, but yeah, no. I I mean, I wouldn't mind going to BlizzCon. It seems like fun. It's like a good time. Um, I don't know if it'll justify the two hundred dollar purchase, but I don't know. Uh, hey, but know what? If we do a road trip over there, then we can finally go to White Castle. Woo! Man, that's gonna be way. Well, but we can go to like the White. Is there like a White Castle like in Texas or something? It should yeah, be. Man, but you want to go to the original I one, bro? Know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah this is a this is this is another case of us getting way ahead of ourselves and this is never gonna happen <laughs> oh boy watch me eat my word someday and we actually do this road trip oh, <laughs> to blizzcon anyway go. look at all this money we got left the over Civic. yeah we'll, we'll be holding a sign that says blizzcon or bust <laughs> <laughs> buff mages yeah buff mages <laughs> <laughs> I don't even use my mage. Hey, I say it. <laughs> I am an advocator of buffing mages. All right. I, 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 I'm a member. I'm a member of I hate warlocks. Hey, I, I hate warlocks is an acronym, dude. It's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a mage. Uh, I'm in the middle. I have both of them, but I'm more a warlock. But I still say buff mages, so I don't know. No, dude. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mage organization that really has something to do with warlocks. It's just, it just happens to be that the acronym is I hate warlocks. Hold on, let me. Man, I I, I want to find this. Damn. I, ah, why do I always have to not have it? I bet we have one that says we hate mages or I hate mages. No, dude, it's 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 a it's a mage society that stands for interracial humanitarian association of Tarn and everyone in WoW against race limits on choosing kinship with sorcerers. Or now, I hate back for a second. Short. Sit back for a second. How long do th- you think it took him to come up with that? How long do I think it took Christian Belt of WoW Insider to come up with that? Um, probably not too long. <laughs> um, he really hates warlocks. <laughs> uh, well, you tell him I love him. All right, I will. Uh, <laughs> that's Christian Belt of WoW Insider, ladies and gentlemen. Go check out his stuff. He's fantastic. He's a great writer. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Well, one day we'll go to BlizzCon. One day, not not this year some year the the goodies are always cool i, I always want to i that like that death wing that they got last year i wish i would have gotten that thing that's so cool that little mini death wing a little death wing figurine death wing yeah that was cool i didn't care much for the stupid little drawn starcraft 2 figurine that was stupid but <laughs> but you know every once in a while and the and the pet the pet's always cool um there will be a uh, a DirecTV stream, which is also available online on your computer if you don't have DirecTV. Um, and it will be available. It's the, the BlizzCon virtual ticket that will be available again this year um, for $40, I'm assuming. You mentioned that you can see it on the PC already, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, the, the BlizzCon virtual ticket is available on PC and on DirecTV. And uh, I believe it will still be $40, most likely. Um and that's just about it. I mean, BlizzCon will be from October 21st to the 22nd at the Anaheim Convention Center. So there you go. Uh, if you're going to BlizzCon, I hate you. In other WoW news, 
<laughs> I don't really hate you guys. Maybe. Maybe. Well, uh, guys, you, you you are hearing a very greedy mage, so yeah, I, we, I never know, we never know what he means. I am a greedy mage. I, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I never. I'm I'm the kind of mage that never puts down a, a refreshment table. I'm just that kind of mage. How many fights have uh, have we gotten with the guild leader because of that? I haven't gotten into any fights with the guild leader because of oh, that. Oh, you know, you you imagine. <laughs> no, the only fights I get in the only fights I get in with Magi are about him really sucking as a tank. That's the only problem I have with Magi. That's that's it. Just for stating him, we gotta make him hear the podcast. <laughs> stating him. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only problem I have with Magi, man. He's a fantastic guild master. Don't get me wrong. He's just a terrible tank. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known that I'm also the uh, that was also the officer of said guild. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> um, but but yeah, Magic sucks. Anyways, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to the meaty wow news of today of uh, of this week, which is of course about. Uh, well, first of all, we could probably talk about the dungeon journal. Let's just tackle that and get that out of the way. Mike, I know you have some big opinions on the Dungeon Journal. And if, for those of you guys that don't know, the Dungeon Journal is this utility that's going to be included into WoW uh, in patch 4.2 that will allow you to, ahead of time, see what a boss does inside the game before you engage the boss. Um, it'll show you things like the boss's abilities, how much damage they do, when they occur. It'll show you phases. It'll show you uh, the abilities of the ads and how many ads there are. Um, all that information is going to be available in the Dungeon Journal. Mike, I know you have a strong opinion on it. What do you think of it? I mean, I like it, but I don't like it at the same time because they're making the game a little bit too easy compared to, like, how how I first started, and I'm sure when you first started in Vanilla. And, like, looking back, it's like, why are you making it so easy? Like, I understand it defeats the purpose from going to other third-party websites like Tankspot to view the guide of it, and I'm all for that, but, you know... I don't know. Like I'm with it, but I'm not with it. It's like it's hard for me to explain it. I don't know. It's like you're you you prefer to keep it old school. Yeah. Pretty much, because I'm I'm pretty I'm kind of an old school person. I came in the Burning Crusade. I never went. I uh, never experienced the vanilla, um, forty man raids, all that insane. But I like it the way I um I first came into Warcraft. I think it should be kept the same. I now, have to, I have to say, my well, we'll go ahead and finish. Like. I think the reason they're doing this is because since they saw the the amount of decrease of number of subscriptions, they were like, we got to do something to, you know, jumpstart uh, to boost these numbers again, you know. And I, I I like the idea of doing it, but I don't don't like I don't like it at all, the Dungeon Journal at all. It's, it's going by saying yeah. it being easy. Right. Um, Mike, I would say that I'm a little bit more old school than you are. I've been playing oh, for course. a while longer. I am totally for the Dungeon Journal. I have no problem with it whatsoever because I think the problem here is people are romanticizing what they think is actually the game when the game is not really that. I mean, let, let, let's let's think about this for a second, right? World of Warcraft is one of the only games in the existence of the game that doesn't tell you how to play it. I mean... Think about that for a second. Like, it, World of Warcraft is kind of like Minecraft in a way. If you don't go outside to look at another resource, you don't know how to play the game. You don't know what's going on. I mean, let, let's let's go back to, for example, let's go back to, um. oh, you know what? Maybe we could do, no, I can't, uh, I don't have enough authority to speak on a current raid encounter. But 
Let's go back to like an ICC raid encounter. Let's let's consider Lord Marigar. That was one of the easiest um, raid, encou raid encounters in oh, the entire man, round. Was it? That was ridiculously easy. Actually, the I whole first wing was kind of easy in a way. Yeah, uh, uh, I'd say that uh, Lady Death was burnt heroic. Would like to have a word with you, but okay, okay. Besides <laughs> her, uh, but well, gunship. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Guys, we failed heroic gunship. Oh uh, no, we suck again. God, how that? I don't think that was even possible. To this day, I don't know what the difference is between heroic. Hey, and bro, I came pretty close to it, it's and I was about to dip. I was like, I'm not failing at this. I don't. I, I don't even I still don't understand what the difference is but anyway Lord Marigar right um, let's say a new guild of ten people just walk into the dungeon and they're like all right let's see oh big skeleton dude I wonder what he does all right well let's just let's go ahead and do the boss all right let, well, we're gonna have to just try him out and see what he does so they walk inside mind you there's also a brand new people they don't know about tank spot they don't know about Wowhead they just Go into it and do the boss because that's how a game should be. Games you shouldn't have to go to an outside resource to figure out how to play the game. I so agree. you just walk into it and you just tank it like normal, right? And you just you're hitting mm -hmm. it and everybody's casting at it, but the tank is doing the mistake of it's facing the boss the same way that all the DPS and the healers are, and all the DPS and the healer are basically standing to standing together, and all of a sudden, whoosh! He Whirlwind. does this big old cleave and he kills everybody in one shot. I mean, uh -oh. <laughs> to the brand to the brand new player, do they think what the hell just happened? Like we just all died suddenly. How did that happen? Do you think the new player is gonna think of that and be like, oh well, he obviously swung his axe right before he killed everybody. That probably does like a cleave. No, they're gonna think, dude, we just died. How the hell did that happen? We don't even <laughs> know what just happened. We just let's go back again. It's not gonna happen again. Right? Yeah. I mean, because not to mention that animation quality in WoW isn't really all that great. I mean, people seem to forget that. When Lord Marigar is swinging his axe to do his cleave, it looks exactly the same as if he was swinging his axe to do a regular attack. I mean, it's the same. It's practically the same thing. Wait, isn't there like, like a slight little animation like on when he like, like a, there's like a little swoosh kind of thing. like a little yeah yeah yeah. But it's barely noticeable. I mean, if if you're not using deadly boss mods, you're barely gonna notice it. I mean, so. It's not like the most obvious thing in the world, and not to mention when you're looking at the at the hitbox of uh of Lord Marigar, you're not really considering, you know, that oh he's gonna attack people from the front and he's gonna hit everybody. You're basically just thinking, oh he's just attacking me. Mm -hmm. This is not something that a new WoW player can wrap his head around. And obviously we're talking about a raid here where maybe we should be talking about like a like a regular dungeon. But these are things that happen in regular dungeons too. There are bosses that have cleaves in dungeons and in heroics and definitely in cataclysm. And these are things that they're not extremely obvious. And if you can get a player basically to think, oh, the boss is going to do this. I know what he's going to do. I don't need to wipe on this boss 30 million times to figure out what he's going to do. And even then, not even figure out what he does. Because, well, I, I know what it is. From us, from experienced players, we look at that and, we're, and we basically realize what we know what everything is. Oh, Lord Marigard just killed everybody in one fell swoop. I bet he cleaved. It makes sense. He's standing in front of everybody and he just killed everybody in one shot. He probably cleaved. Face him around, I bet it doesn't happen again. To the experienced WoW player, we get this stuff. We understand. Yeah, we know. we've been through it. Right, we know what bosses do. There's only so many ways to paint a... There's only so many ways to paint a boss, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, eventually, at some point or another, every single boss is the same mechanics that other bosses had. And if we see that... If an experienced WoW player looks at that and they say, yeah, 
we've seen this before. We know how to deal with it. A brand new WoW player, they don't have any idea. They've never seen that before. To them, it's totally new. And I think that there's a romanticized idea about the whole, oh, the problem-solving element. I'm a top-tier guild, and I'm going to problem-solve this this boss. I'm going to just figure out what he does on my own, and we're going to kill him with our own strategy. That How many people actually do that, Mike? Let's be honest here. How many people actually do that? How many How many guilds... Instead of doing that, they say, all right, we're going to do such and such boss on such and such day. I expect everybody to watch the tank spot video before you get here. And if you don't, get the hell out. How many guilds do that, Mike? Let's be honest here. Only the top in the worlds that we know of. <laughs> Only the top of the worlds that we know of? I, I guess. I don't know. I, guess <laughs> I can't call, say anything else. <laughs> I guess if you call our guilds top of the world. Oh, I'm not saying our. I'm saying like... In, like Complete like like for science, for example. Right. Not not except they're gonna kick you out of the guild, but they expect you to know it because, right? If you're number one for a reason, you gotta stay number one. Right, exactly. I mean, let's let's be honest. Besides the one percent of the top, how many guilds are actually in there trying to figure out what a boss does? Nobody. Everybody's either gone MMO champion and they've read what the bosses does, what the boss does ahead of time. They've been on the PTR to see basically how the boss handles, or they've just gone to YouTube or to TankSpot and they've watched the TankSpot guide. <laughs> Honestly, in my opinion, a WoW raid boss is not about knowing how to do the encounter. Like G.I. Joe says, knowing is half the battle. And, an hon- and, and, and honestly, that's supposed to be funny, by the way. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, in WoW, knowing is more like a quarter of the battle. <laughs> like, you could know what a boss does like literally word for word you could know exactly what he does at the exact moment when he does it hell you have bosses you have add-ons like dbm they'll give you a timer that'll tell you when it's gonna happen but knowing doesn't actually help you beat the fight yeah it's the execution yeah exactly you have to do it the right way if you don't do it the right way you're not gonna beat the boss and Mike, I mean, seriously, how long did it take us to beat the freaking Lich King, even though we knew exactly how to beat the boss? We never did it. Don't remind <laughs> me. Don't remind me. No, I don't want to talk about it. We knew exactly, with our guild, we never beat the Lich King. We knew exactly how I to I believe kill. on a third try, we got it down to, what, the 35% around Yeah, there? I mean... And we just we just broke apart after that. Well, I was like, really? Him, we, we got him to, like, the third phase. It, I mean, it wasn't that bad. But we knew exactly what the boss did. We knew exactly when he did it, and we knew exactly how he was going to do it. But we just couldn't get it down. It's, it, it all comes down to execution. Giving players information on how to beat a boss doesn't doesn't help them beat a boss. And honestly, I think that the position that Lore and all these guys are taking on this matter is basically just them worried that they're going to be out of a job. Because, I mean, that's, that, that's all I can think about. Because this is such a minute thing. This is something that's so small that isn't going to affect practically anybody if it affects if it if it affects paragon and uh and elitist jerks and what is this other guild um and Cydia, if it affects yeah. them i don't care that doesn't matter to me what why, why should i care that insidia is having less fun with the game i think that the majority of the wow player base would say the same thing. Why do I care if Insidia doesn't like the game anymore? Why do I care if Paragon doesn't care about the game anymore? I'm having fun now. Now I get to see what the boss does. I don't have to spend 20 hours on end trying to figure out what this boss does. And either way, I'm still going to have to look at the tank spot video because even though I know exactly what he does word for word, I don't know exactly when he does it. 
more people than prefer I actually seeing people prefer seeing uh, the actual uh, evidence of how oh you gotta move to the left but yeah but where exactly on the left where I should be at when exactly. this part and of the, the encounter happens. It doesn't even tell you that. It doesn't tell you where to move. It doesn't tell you what you to do to react to the problem. It just tells you this is what it does. And now how you deal with that, that's your problem. That's all to you. That's <laughs> your problem, but this is what he does. It's that simple. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's a fantastic thing to add to the game. I mean, I've I've never heard... Uh, it's, it's so difficult for me to grasp a game that... That, ba- that never tells you how to play it. That never tells you what to do. And, I mean, there's very few games out there like WoW that you have to go to a third-party resource to figure out how to play the game. And that's frustrating. And, Andrew, I know that you tried WoW, and I know that you didn't never got into it. Yeah, I tried it twice. Exactly. <laughs> and let's be honest, And from from being your friend and from pl- knowing how you play, it's it, it was because of this. Because the thing, the, the problems that you have with the game would have been so easily solved by you going to an outside source and looking up the information. But the problem is, why should you have to do that in the first place? You know, why should a brand new player have to know that they have to go to Tank Spot and know that they have to go to Wowhead to figure out how to play the game? It just doesn't make any sense to me. This is something that should be implemented more and more to WoW. And it was something that's, that was really implemented into Cataclysm, especially in the first, uh, especially when you start leveling. There's plenty of tutorials. It tells you what you need to do. It helps you to play. The starting quests basically tell you, hey, this is your trainer. This is where you get your new spells from. Hey, this is your first attack. Go try it out and then come back. You know, the, the first few quests really help in that. And the other thing that really that they implemented that I thought was amazing was the whole hit rating thing. In your character sheet, you can actually see how much rating, how much hit rating you need to be hit capped for the current raids. And I thought that was phenomenal. Anything that makes me have to look things up less is better in my book. Because honestly, I don't want to read word for word what Elitist Jerk says every single time that I get a new piece of gear. It's can I say something? Go ahead. I was never a fan of the hit rating thing. I, I never liked it because, yeah, you might have, when you have like all the top gear, you're like, yeah, I have this, but then you notice... You're not hit cap, and it sucks when you have to put a gem or inch up to get hit rating. It just brings you down, and then people look at it like, oh, look at it, you're not even hit cap, so it brings you down a bit. And I was never a fan of mate, uh, keeping an eye on your We're hit rating. You're never a fan of hit rating in general or the interface? Uh, the in general, the having a certain oh. number to be at in order to make sure you hit the boss every swing or every spell and stuff. I think hit rating is a necessary aspect of the game, to be honest with you. And the reason why I think that, and I don't know what, I don't know why we need to go into this. This is kind of an old conversation, but I think that hit rating is an essential part of the game because it basically gives you a minimum in which if you don't have this, you're going to severely suffer in a raid. That's just bottom line. And the, the, I'm glad that they finally put the interface in the game to tell you that. That will make sure that you know... Hey, listen, you need a little bit more hit rating to make sure you're good in this raid. And it's not necessarily something that... And not only that, but also, Mike, you have to think of it this way. If if, if you had, if you could hit something 100% of the time without ever having to worry about it, I mean, then, then what's the point? Like, I guess if you're at level 84, you can just walk in to do raids at that point because you're going to hit everything 100% of the time anyways. And hell, you probably hit harder... With the same gear you have at level 84 than you do at level 85 because of ratings. So, uh, I don't know. I think hit rating is an essential part of the game. Anyways, 
Anyways, I think the Dungeon Journal is amazing. I think it's been blown way out of proportion. And I think that just because of the opinions of a few random people that uh, I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know why it's such a problem. And I think that the top tier guilds should shut the hell up. And that that's just the fact of the matter. Like, I can't. There's nothing else I can say about that. They just need to shut up because they don't speak for the majority of the player base. It's as simple as that. All right. So. Moving on from that, let's talk about the 20% raid nerfs that just that are coming in patch 4.2 as well. Mike, 4.2 raid nerfs. What do you think? Hmm. Here's a go. Here's a, I'm gonna. Yeah. Tongue twisted. The uh, I see it as like I said before, the, uh, necessary because Blizzard uh, believes this will boost their numbers of subscriptions from which they are lost, and I kind of agree of the nerfing but up to a point um back in bc and vanilla you had these raids which were impossible even when you had the top uh the top tier gear um name a few um the old school nexoramus aq40 um let's not mention someone because someone was a complete fail even though i wanted to do it but everywhere i read everybody told me it was a fail mm-hmm. but besides that there's these were these raids that you had to be literally on top of your game to uh, achieve it. And if you weren't, you weren't going to get past it. Now, Blizzard's uh, coming out with this patch that says, listen, we're coming out with a new content, 4.2 Firelands. But um, the rest is going to get uh, a certain amount of nerf so you can keep up with the content because Blizzard wants to constantly push out new content um, more frequently, as I said. So I kind of agree in that aspect. That to keep players up to date and um, with the patches because they don't want players quitting because they're so far behind and they see like ha- half the server which they play in mm-hmm. already up to um, speed with the new content. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, I mean, Burning Crusade. I'll agree with Total Biscuit on one point. Burning Crusade, in my opinion, was really the most fun expansion. It, it really literally was. was. It, it really was. was. It really was. But it wasn't because of the rating. Because if you fell behind in the Burning Crusade, and I say this because I was in at least in a guild that was doing, um, that was doing, uh, uh, that was doing, um, Tempest Keep and, uh, and Serpent Shrine Cavern, which Another by the one way, got to do. which by the way, I love them to pieces. Um, I love those rays. They were fantastic. Oh, I'm so jealous of you um, right now. But when when I decided at that point, and a few a few friends of mine also did the same thing, we decided to uh, we were playing Alliance at the time. I know, I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) I apologize now. But a few friends of ours at the time, we basically saw the light and we're like, all right, you know, because we started PvPing, and at some point we decided, man, Alliance really suck at PvP. Let's go Horde. So everybody just re-rolled Horde, and um, and I did the same. But the problem at that point was the following. I was on my new character, which was my new mage. Before I was playing a warlock, now I was playing a mage. And I had gotten to level 70. And basically at that point, all I could do was PvP. Because I couldn't raid. I couldn't never catch up. There was no way ever that I would ever catch up. You started over way too late at that point. Not not even that. Not even that. But by the time that like Black Temple was out, you were done. There was no way to catch up at that point. You would never get into a Black Temple run. It was not going to happen. Because you needed people that had the gear. 
And the fact of the matter was that the guilds at the time just what they just didn't care to gear you up. They didn't want to. I mean, they could if they wanted to, but they just didn't. And Blizzard definitely recognized that problem in Wrath of the Lich King when they added the whole badge system where they allowed you to buy the previous tiers uh, gear mm-hmm. with the badges. They saw that, and that's what they used to fix the solution, that now you could catch up with everybody else even if you were late. Thing is, a lot of people think they overdid it. Um, I personally don't think so. Because to be honest with you, while I find that TBC was my most fun expansion, just because of the um, just because of the interest I had in it, I found Wrath of Lich King to be my most enjoyable expansion. Because Burning Crusade was fun, but in an annoying kind of way. Like it was fun, just in 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 like a way that I can't explain. It was just it was just fun. It was just I I can't really explain it. Even though when I look back on it, I'm like. Wow, Burning Crusade kind of sucked, didn't it? Because I really didn't get to do all that much. But it, for me, Wrath of Lich King was much more enjoyable. Because no matter what, no matter what alt I wanted to roll, no matter what role I wanted to play, no matter what do. class I wanted to be, I could always catch up. If I wanted to, if my guild needed a tank and I wanted to level up a paladin, I could get my paladin up to raid level in a few weeks' time. And We actually did that. Good. We actually did that. A Absolutely. Times. No, by by the time that by the time the Wrath of Lich King was done, I had like four level 80s that were fully raid capable, and I thought that that was fantastic because if it it was it was great. I could do whatever role I wanted. If I was bored of my mage, I could play my hunter. If I was bored of being a DPS, I could play my tank. If I was bored of tanking and DPSing, I could play my healer. It was great. It was the most enjoyable expansion for me in my opinion and cataclysm i just started raiding again recently it's pretty fun the bosses aren't all that difficult to be honest with you i played a bit of uh of uh black wing descent the bosses aren't really that hard they're very um they're they're uh, how can i say this they're they're not hard they're just very dependent on execution and knowing what the execution is, they're they're very simple. The the, the mechanics are very very simple, um, but I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. But honestly, I can't really see what what the big deal is about nerfing it. I mean, they want people to catch up, and to be honest with you, nobody is going to be doing that content. In by the time the Firelands comes out, how many people did Old War when uh when uh, when this thing came out when the when uh when ICC came out? How many people actually did Old War? How many people did Old War when Trial of the Crusade came out? Nobody right. did Old War anymore because it when wasn't... it came out, Old War was like completely ignored. Old War was dead because why wouldn't it be? We actually stopped our progression, I recall. Yeah, and no, you know what the problem was with Old War was that Old War was amazing. Let me tell you, and I still to this day, I I still don't know what was the best raid, Karazhan or Old War. Karazhan, I just love it because it's just so nostalgic. But Old War was amazingly good. Um. But even after the Trial of the Crusader came out, even though everybody like should have outgeared uh, Old War at that point, nobody went back to it because it was fundamentally hard. It was just hard. It was just difficult. The bosses were challenging. No amount of gear was going to change that. They were just hard. And Mike, you know. You know perfectly well. Bosses in Old War, even after you had the gear of Trial of the Crusader, they were just hard. No, they were hard, period. Hell, even even after ICC gear, even after you had full ICC gear, 
the bosses in Old War were still really, really hard. I mean, we were trying to go back to get the Rusted Protodrake, and we never finished that. We almost finished it. And we got, we got pretty far. We almost finished it, but we didn't. And because they were just hard. The bosses were difficult. And I'm not saying that, that was bad. I thought it was pretty fun that it was challenging. But they were hard. And I think Blizzard is looking at that now. And they're saying, yeah, you know what? I think that makes sense. Because even though people are going to get more gear that will that should out-nerf it over time, we saw it in Old War. And people never did Old War again because even, if, even though they out-geared it, it was still really difficult. And to be perfectly honest with you, even though I don't personally see the Cataclysm raised to be that ridiculously difficult, they're still very, um, they're very dependent on execution. And lowering a few numbers here and there basically gives you more leeway in that execution, which I think is great. There's no problem with that whatsoever, especially for great content that is not relevant at all. I don't know, Mike. What do you, you have any final closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Hmm. Going back to what you said, like the challenging. That's what makes this move brilliant. Like, there's they actually give you a chance. Okay, you couldn't complete it. Here's your shot. We're giving you a chance. We're lowering it a little bit. Get it done so you can be uh, up to date with the newest stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, if they would have done this back then, we would have criticized it though. But it would have been a smart move. <laughs> Maybe we would have finished older. We, we'll never know if this would have been released uh, co- a couple years back. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that I think that Blizzard knows. They 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 understand that. Yeah, raid content nerfs itself over time. But when we create a raid that is fundamentally just because I think that I think at this point Blizzard has come to the realization. Listen, we've we've got to deal with DBM. We've got to deal with Tankspot. We've got to deal with all of these other stupid things that have come out in the WoW community. That have basically told players how to beat a fight exactly the way they need to be it. The, they need to beat it. Then, if they actually beat it the way that they did, after seeing all these guys and having all these add-ons, they're gonna come complain on our forums that the fights were too easy after <laughs> using all of this stuff. So, they can never win. Blizzard can never win. Right. And so basically, Blizzard's Blizzard's design philosophy for raid encounters for the longest time has always been. This fight is not going to be about what you know. It's going to be about how you do it. It's going to be about purely execution. And the thing is that in Cataclysm, they're execution fights. They're not fights that are ridiculously difficult. They're not fights that are ridiculously hard to understand or grasp or, grasp or wrap your head around. Omnitron Defense System is a is is a total hellstorm. That's, uh, that boss just makes no sense whatsoever. But every other boss makes sense. There's nothing like so incredibly difficult that you can't wrap your head around. Which is getting to that point, right? That you know, you know exactly what happens. You know exactly what you did. But it's all about doing it right. And the problem is that with that, when it comes to that certain point, gear doesn't nerf the content. Because it has nothing to do at that point with getting the numbers. It has something to do with getting the boss down, no matter what. So at that point, lowering the numbers will give you a little bit more leeway in doing it. That's just my opinion. I don't think that. I think that Blizzard is looking back at what Old War was, and they're saying nobody did Old War anymore. And it was an instance that we worked so hard on, and we wanted people to do it. And they addressed that, they, that they really messed up on it. I'm sorry to cut you off. They they addressed it saying we messed up, and we we're here to correct our mistake. We're not gonna let it happen again. Exactly, and 
And I mean, Nax Nax was just a joke. But oh, I man. think Uldra Uldra was a raid that was so good, and nobody did it after that because it they, it wasn't because we had the better gear. It was because it was just fundamentally difficult. It just it couldn't be done unless you had a competent raid group. It was actually one of the best raids. In it, oh, for time. sure! Oh my god! Like like I've said, I've I'm still debating on whether it was better than Karazhan or not. But I love Old War. I love that. I raid. always wanted to do it just to do it because I actually liked Old War. I like all the encounters and stuff. I loved that raid. It was phenomenal. Even from the first one, when you're in a vehicle, that's creative. Yeah. You never had a boss fight like that. So that's yeah, creative. that was that was the first. Well, no, the first vehicle boss fight was uh, was um was Malagos. If you remember okay. that, oh, okay, okay, I'm sorry. yeah, with the dragons, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but that that was the first be- that was the first. No, you know what that was? That was the first vehicle boss fight that scaled with your gear. That's what Wait. it was. Didn't they address that after a patch when they released it? Though, well, no, no, no. That well, was the it, intention. It was from the beginning, I right? That that was that was the intent. The intent was oh, okay. that was going to be the first vehicle, the first vehicle boss. Because people, people in Malagos were complaining that it didn't matter what gear you had because at the end of the you day, had, you had the same health. It was the same the Drake every time. You had the same right. health from the tank, from the healer, from the DPS. At the end of the day, it was always the same Drake, and then people, and then Bliss was like, "All right, fine, we're going to make it so that this this thing scale with your gear now," and that was fantastic. Yeah. But um, but you know, I I think that. They're, they're looking at that and they said, well, we want people to do it. So let's just drop the difficulty. Let's give people a little bit more leeway in how they execute their strategy. And everything will be all right. No problems here. No, who the hell is really going to care? And apparently the people that really care are Total Biscuit. That's about it. <laughs> all right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's send us an email. Do so. We're sending it to the show at VitaNews.com. I think that about does it. Andrew, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Or joining nope. me, rather, or and joining yourselves, of course. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to start saying that. I was like, I was actually kind of wondering if Andrew was still alive. To be honest, oh. <laughs> um, um, he's there. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Are you, <laughs> are you awake? Are you awake? <laughs> no, I was not awake. Oh boy. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I guess that I just, wanted to say something that's completely off the gaming podcast. Uh, for anybody who follows basketball, uh, Miami Heat just beat the Chicago Bulls, and the Miami Heat are in the finals. There you go. Thank you for reminding me, Mike. Be sure to check out VitaNews.com for all information on news in general. Be sure to listen to our other show, Coffee with Andrew and Rob, in which we talk about news and politics. We're going to talk about the Middle East. We're going to talk about all that good stuff every single week on Coffee with Andrew and Rob. And be sure to listen to Mike's podcast, Overtime Podcast, also available on Vita News. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Thank you guys so much for listening, and see you guys next time.